Amazon tiene todo lo que necesitas para tu dormitorio, desde productos esenciales hasta ropa y decoración e incluso ropa de cama para... Si, 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 si estás activas. Y si estás regulares también. Ahorra en todo para la universidad en Amazon. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool too. With an ice cold cold brew. And not just any cold brew, but one that's slow steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hello, welcome back to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. Now, I must apologise why I haven't been with you for the last couple of weeks. Um, we have had some issues at home which have meant that uh, I've had to be away from my recording equipment um, and therefore unable to record. Now, it is nothing to worry about and all problems have been resolved. So, uh, yeah, not to worry. So, we shall crack on. Now, this is something I have been requested uh, quite a lot, actually, and mainly by um, people on TikTok um, and American listeners to the podcast as well. Um, And that is, many of you will probably be aware that uh, I class myself as a Norse pagan. Um, And we get a lot of questions on Norse paganism uh, in general. I've had quite a few questions. Um, And I always endeavour to answer these to the best of my ability. Now, Norse paganism has its roots in history, um, and some of the stories are, well, they're they're fictional stories, um, but they're, I suppose, as fictional as we would say the Bible is to Norse pagans. So to to the the Bible to Christians would would not be classed as as non-fiction, whereas Norse paganism... Uh, stories to Norse pagans would not be classed as non-fiction. So, um, to everybody else, when you hear these stories, you would probably say, oh yeah, these are quite clearly uh, fiction. But the reason uh, I'm going to do this episode is I have done one in the past on what is known as Ragnarok, or the end of time, um, the apocalypse, if you will, for the Norse pagan tradition. Um, And I have had some questions on other stories from Norse pagan traditions. Now, I'm aware, historically speaking, these are myths and legends, okay? It would be like using uh, any other religious book as proof of history. It it, it is not. So I must stress to anybody listening um, that this is not historical proof. These are fables myths and legends um but i wanted to to do these um because i've had a few questions and it's been something that's been on my mind for a bit of time and and i believe we now have enough of a following to uh to do this um so we're going to start in the beginning okay with norse pagan traditions and norse pagan stories 
So in the beginning, before the world existed, there was only a place of fire and a place of ice, with a great gap between. This gap was called Ganunga Gap. There was no earth, no sky, no people or living creatures of any kind. But sometimes a wind stirred up, blowing tongues of flames across the gap. The fire licked the edges of the ice and formed the very first living thing. An evil frost giant called Emir. You have to uh, uh, excuse my pronunciations on some of these words. Emir was colossal. When he took his first step, his leg reached all the way across the great gap into Muspelheim, the realm of fire. He screamed in pain as his toes began to melt and hurled himself back to Niflheim, the realm of ice. But it was too late. Great globs of water dripped down from his feet and fell into the ground. There they formed into a race of smaller giants. Giants of frost and giants of stone. As Ymir began to carve new toes for himself, a gush of fiery wind blew past, scorching yet more of the land. Out of the thaw came another living creature, a huge cow named Odumla. Rivers of milk flowed from her udders, and Ymir drank from them. In turn, Aldumla licked the salty ice of Niflheim. As she licked, a man-like shape began to appear. First his hair, then his head, and by the third day, she had licked him free from the ice. She named him Buri. He was big, strong, and beautiful. What kind of creature are you? Ymir asked, peering down at him. He poked Buri with the tip of his finger and shuddered. Buri's flesh was warm to the touch. You don't belong here, flesh thing. He kicked Buri and sent him flying into Ganungagap. But as Buri fell, a giantess reached out and grabbed him. You will be my lover. Buri and the giantess had a son, Bor, and in turn, Bor married and had three more sons, Odin, Vili, and Ve. You are the first gods, declared Bor, and will be known as the Asir. One day, you will rule this realm and all others. As time passed, Odin and his brothers grew to hate Ymir and his unruly, brutal gang of giants. Eventually, they attacked Ymir and killed him. Before throwing his body into the great gaps, ice, blood, gushed from Ymir's wounds, drowning the race of giants. Only two escaped in a wooden boat, Riding the rivers of blood and ice, Odin, Vili and Ve began to make the world from Ymir's remains. His bones and his teeth became the mountains and rocks. His body 
became the earth. From Emir's blood they made inland lakes and vast rocking seas, which they ringed around the world. The gods raised Emir's skull and made the sky from it. They tossed his brains into the air to make every kind of cloud. Then the three gods took sparks of fire from Muspelheim and flung them high into the sky to be the moon, sun and stars. Next the gods began to divide up the land to the race of giants thriving once more. The gods gave the rocky ocean coasts and named this realm Jotunheim. The vast inland earth was named Midgard or Middle Earth. The gods made trees from Ymir's hair and a huge wall from his eyebrows, which circled around Midgard to protect it from the ranging giants. One day, when walking by the sea, the gods found two trees, an ash and an elm. From these trees the god created the first people. Odin breathed life into them, and Vili gave them power to think and feel, and they opened their eyes and mouths. They clothed them and gave them names. The ash became the first man, Ask, and the elm became the first woman, Embla. The gods gave the first people of Midgard as their home, and this home was for all their descendants. Midgard was green and warm. There was wind too for sailing ships and to stir fire. The wind was created by a giant eagle. When he flapped his vast wings, the wind blew out great gusts across the earth. In Jotunheim, a giant had a daughter called Night, who was dark-eyed and dark-haired. She had a son called Day, who was radiant and fair. Odin took night and day and gave them each a chariot and a horse. He set them in the sky to ride across the world. Night rode first, covering the world in darkness. Day rode behind her, his horse shining mane lighting up the sky. Down on Midgard, a man named Mundulfari had two children, whom he thought so beautiful he named them Sun and Moon. My children shine with such luminous brightness, he proclaimed. They are surely more dazzling than the gods themselves. How dare you, roared Odin. No human can rival the gods for beauty. As a punishment, I will take your children away. Odin whisked them up into the sky and gave each of them a chariot too. One chariot held the sun, the other held the moon. Snapping and growling at their heels were two fearsome wolves who chased the chariots in the never-ending race across the sky. After this, the gods remembered that there had been maggots crawling in Ymir's body. They turned these into dwarfs, small, stocky, human-like creatures, and sent them to live in a realm north of Midgard, called Nidavechlesh. Here, the dwarfs made their homes in darkness, in underground caverns, rocky hillsides, and dank grottos. 
Now the gods had made the first man and woman, set day and night, and sun and moon in the sky. They had created new realms, and filled them with men, and with giants, and dwarfs. They had surrounded these lands with sea. It was time to make their own realm. They called it Asgard. And they made it beautiful and strong, with shining places and fertile lands, protected by towering walls. A goddess called Frigg, blessed with power of prophecy, became Odin's wife. And their son Balder was the noblest of all the gods. Odin went on to father more gods, including Tyr, the god of war, Thor, the god of thunder, and Vidar, the god of vengeance, and he took the name the Allfather for himself. From Asgard to Midgard, they built a flaming rainbow bridge and named it Bifrost. They made it with skill and cunning, and they made it so strong. And all around the realms of the world grew a giant tree, Idrasil, the world tree. It soared over everything. Its leaves dripped dew, and it was forever green. So, that's the creation story. Okay, it's not a very long story. Um... There are obviously similarities between that and the Christian story. Um, obviously, giants and dwarves and things like this. Um, these are mentioned in the Old Testament, um, for those of you who have read it. So David and Goliath, for example, is a famous story about a giant. So, um, these stories did exist um, in Christianity and with, with other religions. Um, just paganism predates it by sort of thousands of years, but the the story of um, Ask and Emla or Adam and Eve, as you as you would know it, um, you know the the there being nothing and being created. The the stories are very very similar, um, and I got questions um, with this because obviously when I did the the Ragnarok episode, a lot of people sort of commented saying. Um, they can see a lot of similarities between that and Christianity. And um, one of my friends um, who who listens to the podcast, um, he actually said it, it sort of reaffirmed his faith in Christianity um, because he said the stories are so similar that he believes that obviously because the stories are so similar, he can take away from that that his story must have an element of truth in it. Um, and and like I said, with the you know paganism or this this particular paganism predating Christianity, um, you, you know you can say you can see it that way. Um, that's not the way I saw it. Um, I saw it as um, Christianity being a, almost like a rip-off version, um, rather than an updated version. But I mean that's my own personal um, beliefs. Um, but I also am not. Um, not naive enough to to believe this story 100%. So um you know to to actually say nowadays that you believe a huge giant of ice 
put its foot into a huge ball of fire and that created the earth. I think you'd be a little bit mental um, to actually say that is 100% what you believe. And the way I see it um, is from my point of view, you've got one realm of ice, one realm of fire. Now, these two realms have come together in such a way that it's created a universe. Now, if you've got one realm meeting another realm, and these are complete opposites, complete contrasts, fire and ice are complete contrasts, and these two realms are colliding, it's going to create a big bang. Which leads me to more of a scientific view that the Norse pagan traditions in this aspect leads more to a scientific way that we would see it now and that the meeting of the two realms of fire and ice uh, it created the big bang um that's the way i look at it i mean i could be completely wrong um you know i i I don't know we all have our own opinions when it comes to religion um but yeah so that's that's the story of um the creation of midgard uh, as we would see it um I am going to just finish with another little story, um, which I think many of you probably know. Um, and again, I'll give you my little overview on it at the end, um, because this is one of the most famous stories from Norse uh, traditions, and this is Odin's thirst for knowledge. So this comes pretty much directly after the creation story. There's an Odin, the Allfather of the Gods longed to learn the secrets of all the realms. He knew that Idrasil, the world tree, had three mighty roots. The first drank from the well of Ud in Asgard and was tended by the Norns, women who controlled the destiny of all living things. Odin decided to climb down the second route, following it deep into the mountains of Jotunheim, the realm of the giants. Here, Idrisil's route led to a well, guarded by a gnarled, ugly god named Mimir. Let me drink from your well, Odin cried out. No, said Mimir. This water isn't for me to share. It holds all the secrets of the universe itself. I am the Allfather, cried Odin. I am demand a drink what can you possibly give me in return my eyes have seen many wondrous things i will give you one of them mimir agreed and watched as odin plucked out one of his eyes and placed it in a cup odin drank from the well and learned many secrets but the water also made him thirsty for more knowledge. He followed the, th- the third and deepest of Idrisil's roots. Down, down he went, seeing nothing and no one, until a squirrel scampered past him. A little squirrel called Odin. What lies below? Niflheim, replied the squirrel. The realm of ice where the wicked go when they die.
It laughed at him. Didn't you know that? And they call you the first of the Aesir, the wisest god of all? Odin grabbed the squirrel by its tail. You dare to taunt me, impudent creature. Just who do you think you are? I am Ratatosk. Be careful before you threaten me, one-eyed Odin. I have friends everywhere. From the great eagle who nests at the top of Idrisil, to the dragon Needhog who sits at the very bottom. Reluctantly, Odin released his grip, and the squirrel raced away. Odin journeyed deeper and deeper until a cold wind whipped around him. Odin clung tightly to the icy route. Go back, shouted a voice from the depths. Odin squinted into the wind with his remaining eye, but he could see no one. Show yourself, he called into the darkness. Turn back, came the voice again. You must return to the land of the living. I am Odin, shouted the god. And I go where I please. Now show yourself. But the wind grew stronger and louder, roaring in Odin's ears. This is the land of the dead, and you are not welcome here, said the voice on the wind. A whole chorus of voices chanted, Go back, go back, go back. Odin was too stubborn to move, but the wind was relentless. At last he stopped fighting and began to climb back to Asgard. But he was not giving up. If Niflheim was the land of the dead, then to discover the secrets he would have to die. Up in the hills of Asgard, Odin stood beside Idrisil's wide trunk he grabbed the spear and thrust it up through his body into the tree. For eight days and nights he hung from the spear, his spirit deep in the realm of the dead. He discovered the secrets of reading and writing runes and the workings of magic. On the ninth day, Odin came back to life. But still he wanted to know more. He built a throne in Idrisil's upper branches from where he could survey all the realms. Now he could see to the edges of the world, but he wanted to hear too. So he sent out two ravens who returned each evening to perch on his shoulders and whisper in his ears everything they had heard. At last, Odin was truly the Allfather lord of all gods and men so this is probably the most famous story when it comes to norse mythology most people know obviously odin has one eye um most people have heard the story of odin plucking his eye out um and a lot of people i would say probably know the next part of the story where he sort of kills himself for an eight-day period, and comes back to life. Sounds very similar to a, another man we know who died and, and came back to life. Um, 
again, there are similarities in each tradition. Um, the stories can be taken again in any way, shape, or form. You can take this story as face value and, and call it complete hokum or complete uh, rubbish because if you take it on face value, I mean, that I don't see how you can call it anything else. Um, but again, if, if you take a philosopher's type of view, which I tend to do when it comes to this these stories, um, and dig a little bit deeper, um, to me it shows that anybody who wants to acquire great knowledge or, or something like that, that it requires a huge sacrifice. Um, you know, Odin having to take his own eye out uh, is testament to a, to a sacrifice that had to be made um, in order to to gain knowledge, so um, you know, I think the the moral behind the story, the way I see it, is um, you know almost like a Spider Man. You know, with with great uh, power comes great responsibility. You have to, uh, you know, you learn from from your mistakes, and you have to sacrifice to to progress in life. So I, I can see this being a, a strange episode to you guys um i wanted to do i've wanted to do this for ages um i have many many more norse stories um and i'm sure i will uh, entertain you with these at a, a later date um the next couple of episodes though we shall be back with my dad um he has got some amazing episodes ready um one uh, he's told me that I didn't even know. Now it's from a film, believe it or not, and it's a film that I have always seen as a film, but apparently it's based on a true story. Never knew it was based on a true story. It doesn't tell you it's based on a true story. Um, you'll have to wait and see for that one. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, he's also researching a, another few uh, weird and wonderful ones. Um, a very very famous American gunfight is also on the, on the cards for for one of these as well, um, and probably one of my favourite, although tragic, stories from World War Two um, is also on this list of of episodes my dad has concocted up. So um, yeah, stay tuned because we are going to have dad on for for a few episodes. Um, I will have a quick little shout out. Um, because there will be a bit of a change coming up soon. Um, as I'm sure you all know, uh, every episode goes on to Patreon uh, well before it goes on to the normal feed. Um, I feel as if I am sort of neglecting my Patreon members uh, a little bit, because yes, you do get every episode early, yes, you do get the episodes without any adverts, um, but what I am thinking of doing going forward um, is adding more episodes onto Patreon, so you will get all of these um, that you you get normally without the adverts, and you will also now, uh, I'll go back into putting some bonus episodes on there, now there are bonus episodes on there already, um, for those of you who do want to go over there, we have got um, uh, some cri uh, some crime, true crime on there, um, some gangsters as well, covered uh, Al Capone, um, the Cray Twins, Bonnie and Clyde, 
Dick Turpin. Who else have we covered on there? Um, we've done some some of the most famous serial killers in Britain, uh, including the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, there's some really good stories over there onto Patreon that are are not on your feed. You will not get them um, unless you pay me five dollars a month. So if you want to get access to those shows, and like I said, going forwards, there will be more shows going onto Patreon because uh, my company that does the adverts have started to to take a bigger cut um, of the adverts uh, to what I was getting. So I feel. The only way for me to keep the podcast going, um, where it's it's actually financially worth doing, um, is to focus on those of you who are on Patreon um, a little bit more and give you a little bit more attention than what you have been getting. So for those of you who are on Patreon, I'm sure you're going to be well happy with this. And for those of you who aren't, $5 a month, get yourselves over there. And uh, join my history club. Join us on This Week in History, patreon.com. You can get on there. Um, Enough about that. If you're not on there or you can't get on there, get onto the Facebook group. I'm pretty sure everyone's on Facebook. It's This Week in History on Facebook. Join the group. Play the games that we do on there. Uh, We do a little guest game every week. Um, And, yeah, hopefully you'll... uh, you know, you'll you'll be uh, aware of any special offers that we do, any games, and next like we do uh, competitions, things like that. So uh, get yourselves onto Facebook. Um, I'm going to try and make it a little bit more interactive going forwards with you guys, um, just to to bring in uh, bring in more listeners. So uh, sorry, it's a short episode this week, but uh, I do hope you guys who have asked questions about Norse mythology um, that you've enjoyed it. If you haven't enjoyed it. Um, let me know if you have or if you haven't let me know because I do want to know because there are hundreds more Norse mythology stories Um, if you're not into them or you don't really see the point in me doing them let me know because I'll stop doing them Um, but if you are interested and you do want to learn a little bit more about the religion that I I claim to be um, then yeah let me know and uh, we'll get some more Norse mythology stories out there for you. Um, can even go into Greek mythology stories or Egyptian mythology, uh, Celtic mythology. The only problem with these is they are technically not historically accurate. So they are just myths and legends. But let me know if you want them. I can do more for you. But thanks for listening, guys. And just remember, we all have history. Make yours great. Bye-bye. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool, too. With an ice-cold cold brew. And not just any cold brew, but one that's slow-steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool, too. With an ice-cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow-steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.